This week, the obvious question is, at what point does artificial intelligence become real intelligence? I'm Mike Trevisano, and each week, one of the hosts, Joe Bertalek, Bob Meyer, and myself, asks a question that may seem to have an obvious answer on the surface, but once we get into it, there's much more underneath. And we invite you to help us find answers through comments on our site, obviousquestion.wordpress.com, or on our Facebook page for The Obvious Question. And hey, if you're digging the show, and we sure hope you do, please share it or give us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. That would be cool. So this week, I wonder, when does artificial intelligence become real? Inspired by a recent news story, I'll post a link on our website, about an artificially intelligent system that can paint like some of the great masters. At what point does AI cross the threshold to real intelligence? What would define that? What could define that? I saw a news story recently, just a few weeks ago, about uh, some researchers who had uh, created some artificial intelligence that could paint. And, and the way they did it is they, they taught, as you do, as I guess is the process with artificial intelligence, it's a system that learns. So they, they gave it a ton of examples of a certain style of art and, and just had it paint and sort of experiment with that style until what comes out are completely new pieces of art that are perfectly in that style. And they had some experts come in and look at the art and, and the experts determined, yeah, this is, these are outstanding examples of this style, maybe as good as some of the masters, right? That this is incredible. And, and it, you know, there's a lot of questions about artificial intelligence these days. There's a lot of supposition about, you know, them taking over and all, all this kind of stuff. But it, it got me thinking down a, a path. At what point, uh, it, it feels to me like a, an, artificial, an artificially intelligent system that could paint something is not too far away, or maybe it is, from one that could also make a judgment on it and say, yeah, I think that's good or that's bad, which doesn't seem too far away from being able to say, I like it, or it makes me feel a certain way, right? Parameters are what you feel, right? If you played this out just a, just a couple steps down, it made me ask if one artificially intelligent system could paint something and have a judgment on it, and another one could come around and say, I have a judgment too, and it's a little bit different, and here's why, at what point are they no longer artificial? At what point is AI no longer AI? It's it's real intelligence. I know that artificial intelligence, artificial mean, you know, we made it. That's why what makes it artificial. But I also think it it has come to mean this other thing where it's uh, it's not real intelligence. But I don't know if that's the case. At what point when we make that crossover, is it? It's not just a machine. It's real. Yeah, so it, listening to you, good, good, Bob. You go first. Oh no, you go first, Joe. No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go first. No, because you're going to have something profound to say. I was, you know, I like uh, the, I like, I like to play around with these things first, and then throw something giddy out there, and then, you know, because I want to answer the basic question with not a lot of stuff. I was just going to throw out that I think at the point that they start arguing about politics is is the point where they're not artificial anymore, or that when they start, uh, you know wanting to start a war and and that's the crazy notion is like could could artificial intelligence and i agree with you mike drop the artificial part of things and it's just intelligence at some point because who cares if it's how it was created they're not going to care that that's just the human center of us right we want to be the all-powerful oz the the creator of everything and the top of the food chain but i think the fear is that the ai 
or the intelligence becomes better than us. And, and who knows how that plays out? And that's the scary part. Do, do we become obsolete? Uh, do they eventually, uh, is it, you know, human lives matter? And, and then the AI comes in to, to either destroy us or who knows, maybe we're killing ourselves and they're like, we're here to save you. Mike, we, we can cure your cancer. Just come and see us. Well, and then it becomes like a cult. And the next thing you know, it's like, it's like Charles Manson, you know, AI. What if he's running things? <laughs> like it's, it's just sick how, you know, many, uh, I'm troubled by how many options there might be. And, and it sounds all great and pretty and cute. Like, oh, they're painting pictures. This is so lovely. You know, I love art. You know, and the next thing is like, wham, your house was wiped out by artificial intelligence. All right, <laughs> Joe, now you, you tell us what's really going to happen. I know, I know you have the answer. Me? No, no. I, I was gonna. The thing I was gonna say quickly was, you know, listen to Mike's question. It has a lot of words that hide. They're hiding like meaning to me. Like when you say intelligence, what does that mean? If we don't define that, then artificial intelligence is kind of a stretch that says, well, what are we basing that on? Human intelligence. So what does that mean? You know. So I'm, I'm by no means an expert. I have no real background at all in this. But I, I think when I listen to the question. The first thing I think of is, is our intelligence artificial, you know, in the, in the same definition? Or have we, we kind of put a, a stick in the sand and said, this is intelligence, this is human intelligence, and it doesn't, it doesn't match anything else. So anything we do be, beyond this is artificial intelligence. But if we took like an example of a small amoeba or something, and you poke it, I don't know how you could poke an amoeba, but if you could do that, it reacts. Or let's take something bigger, like a snake, you know, you poke a snake and it jumps at you or tries to bite you. I would say the intelligence in that snake pretty much repeats itself. If you poke it, it tries to bite you. And I think human beings, no different than the snake, have actions and reactions to things. And I, I think when I, I think about intelligence, what I think is whatever information I've, I've gathered, I use it. And I, I would think this argument of free will or do I do things, where does that come from? There's a piece of me that says I react to things and push me and I do this. Yell at me, I do that congratulate me, I do that. And I have lots of options. The more options I have, the more it seems like I'm doing something that would be more like, you'd say, Mike, intelligence, human intelligence. But I'm wondering if if that gauge, first of all, is kind of set pretty high in the sense that as humans, we, we're at the top of the animal chain, you know, in terms of brains and stuff like that. But what does it really mean then if you, you have something a little less? Is an amoeba not intelligent? Well, it is, but it doesn't have, it can't, do calculus or sing a song or anything like that, as far as I know. I think AI would tell us that we don't have free will. You know, I, I think maybe AI might be able to figure out free will. But I think I was just listening to something uh, this morning about free will and this gentleman talking about how there really is no free will and everything's ingrained with us since the Big Bang. And, you know, maybe if you want to force free will, you could decide that you're going to, you know, brush your teeth from the bottom teeth first and then the upper teeth. But everything else that you do is is really pre-planned, pre-programmed. It's, it's not free will at all. So, yeah, it's it's mind-boggling. But I I think we think too highly of ourselves, and that's where the scary part is of this artificial intelligence that, you know, I, I'm wondering, like, from a, the kids go back to school tomorrow in, 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 uh, in Georgia, and I'm wondering, do they need to go to school anymore, right? If there's this ever-powerful, you know, intelligence out there, why, why just not rely on that? Like, everybody gets their own bot, you know, they have something that the kids can go out there, they can just skateboard, eat Cheetos, and, you know, do whatever they want. They don't have to go to school anymore. 
you, you guys both bring up a great point that you, the use of the word intelligence is is really critical. You know, uh, if we think of the the great, just because we can do you know a lot of great calculations, right? We can create things, but if we look at the history of of the human, right? Since we've kind of became predominant, what did our intelligence get us? You know, we we've developed a whole bunch of ways to kill each other, to ruin our environments, to you know, to put us in 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 our own catastrophe, right? Like, is that intelligence? It's a weird weird word to 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 protect, to be defensive about. And you know, yeah. Joe, you you made me think that, uh, or or remember, yeah, you know, evolutionary science is is real is is real specific you know an amoeba exists because it's perfectly adapted to its environment that's why it doesn't it doesn't do calculus because it doesn't need calculus it's if it needed it somehow some mutation would happen you know over a long period of time that would would give it that ability right lion doesn't know calculus my dog doesn't know calculus you know a lot of things don't because they're suited perfectly to the environment so our ability to do all this thinking and building and stuff like that you know and and to and to equate that with somehow being you know the the apex sure is an arrogant way to think. Yeah. So uh, do, do you guys know? I don't know about artificial intelligence enough to to answer my own question. But the question I would have is: so what is it that we would target to say, oh, this is artificial intelligence? It's either equal to or greater than the intelligence that we possess. If we could you know somehow describe that, you know, and, and a lot of people describe it as well. Free will, Bob. They might argue with you and say people do have free will. They can do anything they want. You know, we've got this inner core, something we can describe. We can't quite describe it in the sense you can see it. But we talk about it with each other like, oh, we have that. We have that. But like you said, Mike, that is there something ingrained in us that we need to win, that we need to survive? Like you said, that we have a a uh, inner working intelligence that says me first, you know, or make sure that I, you know, the wars and stuff that you would talk about. You know that somehow we come out on top. Is there that kind of a thing that that's part of our intelligence? You would say, and maybe you'd use this phrase: "We're programmed to do that." You know, and I, I hear that. I think to myself, that's that's not the same programming like that you would call artificial intelligence. That's real programming, whereas our programming is this other kind of programming. But that word is again very confusing to me because it it almost implies that no, I just did that on my own. You know, I just I just decided that I was going to fight you or take mm. you corn or something like that. Maybe I'm programmed to do that. And if I'm programmed to do it, then I look a lot like artificial intelligence. I'm wondering who is the programmer, you know, or how did I get programmed? Like you said, Bob, I picked up all the information over the years and now I'm, I'm programmed to do that, you know, to do those, those kind of things. When you can replicate yourself, I mean, right. that's all these other species, even the ones Mike mentioned, they, they can procreate, they can have more. And I think the scary part of the AI is, uh, you know, what if it does the same thing and there's there's good AI and there's bad AI, right? And at the point, I think we're there now. I, I think I've heard that that that's the point of no return is where you know that in artificial intelligence is far superior uh, to anything that a human could ever do. And I mean, gosh, I mean, even in in our work life and technology field, I mean, everybody seems to be incorporating AI into what they're doing. And you know, like with IBM and Watson and, and that technology is being used in just about everything. So I know. what would differentiate? How would you know if you had something that was that was what Mike would describe that more that like that human intelligence? How would you know it? I mean, I love the idea of the painting, Mike, because I think you know I hear on the one hand arts in the eye of the beholder. You said a bunch of experts looked at it. Well, 
I think experts are only experts in the sense that they they know what they're looking for under some semblance of a, I don't even know what the routine or the, the rules are with good painting like that. But I, I could see where an artificial intelligence could absolutely paint better. You know, more steady, rigid lines, never make a mistake. You know, where the real artist, the one that we have today that is painting, would have little errors and stuff that make it make it part of who they are. You know, it's, it's their style or the way they would do it. So certainly artificial intelligence could do it better by the definition of precise or mm. within the lines. I think it would like do that. abstract stuff too, right? You probably know more about the actual story, but I'm thinking that it could go beyond that, that it could also say to the sense of we want to say, well, we're creative, we're human, so we're creative. Artificial intelligence can't knack creativeness, but I think it can. You know, that that that's interesting though, and I, I think I would argue that precision probably isn't the determiner because I, I know I've, I've heard so I've heard kind of frequently this argument that especially when you get into these like really great arts that it's at, you know, or great artists that it's the little tiny imperfections that w- was the thing that made it super special, that made it, you know, uh, spontaneous, that made it, you know, something that, that it was almost out of control. Right. And that's what that's what really made connected with the audience and made it great. Right. Not the precision. It wasn't that, uh, you know, I, I wonder uh, Ray Kurzweil some years ago wrote about this idea of artificial intelligence and the singularity. And I, if I, I might get this wrong, uh, singularity being the point when uh, machine artificial intelligence is able to process uh, information as well as the human brain, because right now the human brain is still far uh, more powerful as far as computing, <laughs> computing power and what it can assimilate. Right. It's not as precise in, in individual tasks, but in the way we can think of words and bring them right to our lips or so on and so forth. Um, that that's the point, the singularity. And he defines that as like the big step, you know, and anything after that is it grows, you know, at that factor that machine processing grows, I know there's a t- term for that. I can't remember it. Uh, and it makes it now they're now they've surpassed us. Now it's really something something crazy. But I even wonder in that uh, is that kind of intelligence something that we would ha- need to compare to ourselves and and. Ah. I just have this notion while you're saying that 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 is it any different than like back to Egyptian times or something like are we are we the slaves building the pyramids kind of thing that we're, we we work for this artificial intelligence but we think it's the other way around eventually they get to the point where we're we're those little worker bee kind of people to to do the day-to-day tasks they're probably not going to you know gather the food for us and you know and all those things but you know most of us will be working at 7-Elevens so, Bob, back to your question on abstract, it kind of got me for a second thinking, so I, I create a machine that can that can do abstract art. I think to me what that means is I create a machine that has more options than you can figure out so that you think it's abstract. In other words, I like the human mind is so powerful in options, so many different things it can do. It appears in a sense to have options and it's making them up as it goes along. But I'm wondering, you know, if you had two options, I'd pick it up pretty quickly, you know, a line or a circle. You know, I'd say, oh, that's great abstract, you know, either the line or circle, one or the other. But if you were able to program in enough options that it, it could paint from all those options, I think I would probably mistake it for actually creating abstract art. I'd, I'd make that mistake because I, it, I couldn't figure out, like if I, I watched it long enough, maybe I'd, ah, there it is again. There's that routine that does a certain thing. But if you had like, 
my, my less something less than infinite, you know, say a, a billion different options for this machine to do, it would certainly seem like it's doing abstract art. I don't think my mind could keep track of all the different options that it would go through. So there's a piece to me that's saying there's something about this that, and like you said, our brain is so powerful that it can do all those things. It has so many, I think of it as options that machines necessarily wouldn't have. And that's good and bad in the sense that well, I can't do something rigid that I pop out stuff every 10 seconds. It takes me a while to think about it. But on the other side, I can come out with options that that you guys wouldn't know me. In other words, if I wanted to, I could behave differently than what you know today, what you've seen today. But I think that's just a built-in option I have. One more thing that I can do, it's not necessarily as abstract as it might appear to be. Like if all of a sudden I started speaking French or something like that, which yeah. I can't. I want, I, Joe, I want Joe and artificial intelligence to go in a ring together. Like it would be a good match. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd have a hard time, you know. But uh, but I think the artificial intelligence is going to win out because I, I, I don't know if it's – I doubt it's at the point of, of having things like compassion, emotion and those things. But I – but I think when it has all those other elements you're talking about, Joe, that it's it's beyond a human thing, you know. Yeah. You know, maybe to as my as my final thought for our, for this one, it, something you guys said earlier uh, flicked a switch in my brain. Something about talking about how we're programmed. We use that word for ourselves, and of course, we're not programmed. I mean, we learn things, right? But but we truly do program systems, right? We tell them what to do. We tell them what routines to run and things like that. And if I can go back to my Alan Watts recent, uh, you know, study, which I've been spending a lot of time with him, he he talks about humans or humanity or or as something that grows, not that's not something that was created or put here, but but we grew out of a planet that grows people. This planet exists in a galaxy that grows planets and stars, right? In a universe that grows galaxies, planets and stars that grow people, right? Like it's a it's a growing process. And I wondered if a way to look at it is our artificial intelligence is no longer artificial when it can grow. When it no longer requires any kind of programming at all, it can do it on its own, just like any other system that exists in the universe. And then at that point, I would say it is perfectly the natural part of the universe. Yeah, and I, Mike, I had a, a thought years ago, probably 20, 25 years ago, I was with a, a, a senior programmer down in, in Dallas. You know, we, I worked for electronic data systems and, and they're working on a military contract. And I was talking about this, uh, this program they had. And, and he said, it's really neat. I'll show you how it works. He said, and what we do is we, we show the program a picture of something we're looking for, like a tank. And then we we hold up a or we have a visual like another picture that has the tank cleverly um, camouflaged. So like where a human might not pick it up, but this program can pick it up. And I, I'm looking at the picture thinking I can't see anything. And then bingo, this thing will pick out the tank. It knows the outline. It knows very precisely where that tank is. And it's, it can pick up people. It can pick up anything you want. I mean, you design it so that it it can find the things you're looking for. But it's interesting, I had lunch with him, I was talking to him, I said, so how does this program work? He said, you know, we're not exactly sure. I said, what do you mean you're not exactly sure? You programmed it. He said, we did, but we also programmed it to have a learning algorithm where it has, it now does things we didn't ask it to do. In other words, it's capable of doing more than what we programmed it for. And it's getting more sophisticated as time goes on. That was 25 years ago. Um, so I'm just, I'm curious where those kind of projects have gone. I suspect they're way out there you know, with what's what's capable, what we don't know in the world. 
But if, if 25 years ago, this program could, and I have my quotes again, is learn, you know, more about the, 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 the way to find an object like that, a tank, a plane or whatever, in a cleverly hidden scenario, I'm wondering you know, where that, that whole thing might have gone. I think the, the possibilities are endless, and it's great for if you're a science fiction fan, because I think we try to think of science fiction and, and things that we can relate to today, but I think what we're talking about is something that most of us can't even fathom what the possibilities are. But, you know, for me, I, I think there's going to be some integration, and we're already probably starting to see that with, like, a, a you know, a Tesla car where it automatically drives better or performs better because it's got artificial intelligence in it, and it's picking up, it's learning, and they're learning not from just one car but from every car i know there's companies out in california that i just read the other day that uh, people uh, the, the workers have inserted chips microchips into their wrists so they can buy a soda at the soda machine or they can quickly log on to their computer because they're already pre-authenticated their managers claim there's no gps in there so they can't track them but that's probably going to come too where it's all going to be integrated with us together and then at that point maybe we become one and and the issue is is not artificial at all and I need artificial dogs in the background too. So, so. <laughs> that's a dog button you're pushing right now, Bob. Make them bark again. 